Welcome to the Go Luxury Cruiser podcast, a show curated for seasoned travelers, explorers, and those seeking inspiration for the affluent travel lifestyle. Join your host, Tamoy Thawell, CEO and co-founder of Go Luxury Cruiser, as she invites some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss the latest in cruise news and travel trends. Let's set sail on this exciting journey together. Explore, discover, go. Welcome back to the Go Luxury Cruiser podcast. I am Tamoy Thelwell, and I'm here with my favorite people, Mark Armbruster and Chris DeBonis. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, Tamoy. Awesome. Chris, I didn't I hear you're doing well. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're here to <laughs> talk about cruising. I love to talk about cruising. So. Yes, we are. I love this podcast. A lot of people have been asking, what is a Go Luxury Cruiser podcast about? And we talk about travel, of course. We talk about what's happening, what's new in the cruise industry. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Norwegian Cruise Line's new ship, the Viva. It is a sister ship to the Prima, which I was lucky enough to experience last year, hoping to get Mark on the Viva hopefully this year. But we're excited. It's set to sail this summer, 2023. Its inaugural sailings will begin in the Mediterranean. The first itinerary is Italy, France, and Spain intensive itinerary. But let's talk about the ship and let's talk about what you're excited about. I know I'm excited. Just the overall vibe. I'm liking the direction that Norwegian is taking their vessels. And I'm excited to hear what you guys, what your thoughts are about the ship. Yeah. Funny you should say that because that's exactly, and this is, I think, and Chris, probably, you, I don't, I'm thinking you'll agree with me on it. This is the direction Norwegian is going to go now with their future builds. They're doing something a little bit different. And whereas your carnivals and your Royal Caribbeans are going bigger, Norwegian said, no, we're going to go a little bit smaller. We're going to buck the trend. And because they're going just a little bit smaller, they've decided to become extremely creative with the way they've designed and laid these vessels out. And when I look at the Viva, I see some clear nods to the celebrity way of doing things. Let me explain what I mean. If you look at the edge class vessels from celebrity, that the bow has a different hull style than your traditional cruise ship. That's replicated here in the Prima class vessels. The other thing that they're doing is they're taking the things that I think Norwegian does very well and elevating it to the next level. And I'm talking about the something called what they call the Ocean Boulevard. Most Norwegian ships have what's called a wraparound panorama, which is where you can access many of their dining venues. And they've taken this to the next level in the Prima class builds. That's the first thing. The other thing I think Norwegian does better than really anyone else in this space is the spa and the thermal suite experience. When I was on the Norwegian Encore, which is a breakaway plus class vessel, it had the best thermal suite I have ever seen on any ship. And this takes the same thermal suite and elevates it even more. And then the final is what Norwegian does so well, which is the ship within a ship concept, something called the Haven, which is your luxury vessels. So in my mind, what Norwegian is doing is they're separating themselves from the rest of the mainstream cruising pack and creating, turning Norwegian into a premium cruise line. I have a very hard time believing that NCL is truly a mainstream cruise line. It just isn't. It does too much too well at a price point that is not 
your Carnival cruise, cruiser experience is a little more elevated than your Royal Caribbean cruise experience and yet has so many of the bells and whistles that an Oasis class or a Quantum class cruise ship from Royal has. Chris, what do you think? Norwegian has been moving in a direction since Frank Del Rio took over, concentrating on culinary, concentrating on inclusiveness. Even if you're coming in on the entry level rooms, you're still going to have a truly great vacation experience because everything's going to be included. And also Norwegian's not trying to be the bargain cruise line out there. They're like, we charge, this is what we charge, but when you come on board, it's a true vacation. And I think it's important to get away from $300 a person cruises because they're not really $300 a person cruises. They're $1,000 a person cruises or more because once you get on board and pay gratuities and pay for Wi-Fi and pay $4 for a bottle of water and all of the things that go into just trying to have a good time on any of these not as much inclusive lines as I would say, you're going to find that paying for it with a ship like the Viva or any of the Norwegian ships, you're going to come on board and go, wow, I'm on vacation. I've worked hard. I've paid for my vacation. Now I can come on board and enjoy it. And that's a concept that Norwegian has definitely picked up. And you'll see nods to Oceana and Regent, especially in their luxury level haven, which is fantastic. There's just, there's really no way to I'm glad that you mentioned Oceanian region. And those who are listening, those are the sister brands. And if you think about it, those are higher end experiences, Regent being the most all-inclusive, most luxurious experience at sea. I would just sum up the Norwegian brand and their three sister ships as just being more inclusive, more of a higher end experience compared to what you would experience on Royal Caribbean. It's just known to be an amusement park at sea. And that's what you're paying for. You can compare some of the pricing and see why do they cost the same, but the experience is different. Royal is attracting an audience who appreciates that amusement park vacation, whereas NCL and the other brands are catering more inclusive and affluent experience. I just touch on that. That was a good point. Chris, what you were saying, if you notice when you go into the Horizon, what is it called? The lounge on deck 15. I want to say it's the Horizons lounge. I might have it wrong, but it's the wake lounge that looks on the back of the ship. The way Norwegian does so much of their interior design, they use the, they source the same Studio Dado in Miami for all of their brands, whether it's NCL, Oceania, Region. The seeds are sown when you're on a Norwegian ship that if you like what you can get a whole lot more of it if we if you go into our other brands the two feed the three feed each other i got very strong on my last norwegian sailing oceania vibes in certain parts of the ship and regent's vibes in other parts of the ship especially in the wakeview bar and the other thing too is speaking to what norwegian does is now they're giving they're definitely giving nods to the luxury lines and then at the same time, there's go-karts and there's laser tag and there's mm-hmm. there's all really high tech, amazing. The entertainment is amazing. I think the one of the best shows I ever saw in Norwegian was Jersey Voice. And yeah. it was just like going to see it on Broadway. And sure. that's what they do. So they definitely hold their own and being an entertaining, wonderful cruise line 
but at the same time you come on board and when you're sitting in the Broadway show, you can enjoy a cocktail or a bottle of, or whatever, and it's included. To me is a vacation. They do have go-karts. Yes. Really. Not only that, but on this particular ship, the Viva and the Prima, it's a three-story go-kart track. Yeah. And yeah. I was impressed by the two-story one on the Norwegian Encore. No, now, the, now it's three stories. Moy and I were on the Prima and got to see the Prima is pretty impressive. It's the game room and all the, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. They've done a really nice job. It is very minimalistic on board would be my opinion. What do you think, Tamoy? Yeah, I would use that word for sure, minimalist. I think when you look at the new luxury person has an, a minimalist approach, when you think, when you compare it to Regents, like that classic luxury cruiser, and now you're seeing a lot of cruise lines trying to target the affluent and having a more minimalist approach. So yeah, I would definitely see the decor, the layouts do have a minimalist approach. But let's talk about the cruise boulevard, the 360 boulevard that they have. I, I notice a lot of cruise lines are starting to do, uh, they have something called the ocean walk, where it's like a glass floor. I think I mm -hmm. first saw it on the uh, MSC, was it the Seaside or Seashore? One of them, MSC, the newer ships. And now I'm, we're seeing it on these ships and that's cool. But yeah, the, the, the glass. The yeah, I'm afraid of heights, so I don't like it, but it is definitely cool. You did walk <laughs> yeah. over it though. You did yeah. walk on it. I was surprised. I thought for sure we were going to yeah. have to go around, but she walked <laughs> on it. And when you walk out and you're literally over the side of the ship, looking mm -hmm. down straight down to the water it gets a little whoa yeah <laughs> I hope this class is, is good yeah no the ocean view the ocean boulevard area is fantastic they they've got a lot of things that you wouldn't see on a larger cruise ship like this there's an infinity pool sat right on the edge of the ship it's just it's very well done it's understated luxury but everything is nice if you dropped me there and didn't tell me I was on what would be considered a, a contemporary or even a pre would think that I was on a luxury, more of a luxury level ship. And it's got that and, uh, and it's enjoyable. We had a blast. We ran around and saw everything on the Prima, which is the sister ship, by the way, to this ship. So you're pretty much when you, what you get on the Prima is what you're going to get on the Viva. So. Yeah. I will I say, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. Do I see a fire pit on, on, That's on this? What that is what I was just about to say. Yeah. You made mention of the Prima. I am seeing a little bit of different public areas. And so, yeah, on the Ocean Boulevard, there is a fire pit. And I'm looking at the description. They're using the word indulge a lot. There's the indulge fire pit, indulge outdoor lounge. And it's, it looks cozy. They're definitely making use of the outdoor space and providing areas for guests to indulge. They're using the word indulge. You know what makes me nerve, and I want to verify it because remember the Prima was supposed to have that fire pit. And when we got on board, we said, where's the fire pit? And they said, oh no, I know that was on the website, but no, yeah. we're not doing that. So I don't know if they've added it and it's definitely going to be on this one. But mm -hmm. those of you listening out there, we'll keep you posted on whether that or they just put that there again. But I remember yeah. that because we were running around looking for the fire pit and it it just it didn't exist. That area was there, but minus the fire pit. And I think yeah. a lot of people were thinking maybe a fire pit's not the best thing to have on a cruise line, <laughs> but a cruise ship. It's a, but, little, it's a little different than a beach fire pit where you're throwing yeah. logs on it. 
uh, in a copper grate. I will say this, when I'm looking, in, in, in both you and Timoy and Chris, you've been on the Prima, it seems that the way they've designed the boulevard is to really spread people out, to get people to enjoy more of the outdoors and space to move around. When I'm on other cruise line, on other ships, I see so much congestion, especially on the pool decks. And what I think Norwegian is doing, and I think they may well have succeeded at it, is getting people to congregate in all sorts of different places and not just hover over one central pool away up on deck 16. Now you've got this huge boulevard with lots of areas to lounge, little mini pools here, cantilevered off the side like the infinity pools. Chris, do I have that about right? You were there, so you saw it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely designed to make it, it's set up that there's little cubby holes for people to, and so you don't feel like you're in a cattle car. There's not a lot of big, wide open spaces of where you'll look like the best way to describe it is when you walk on board, some of the other ships have these huge uh, promenade atriums, but you look down and holy crap, this <laughs> ship has a thousand people on it. Right. Yeah, on, on the Prima and probably, the, of course, the Viva as well, you're not going to feel that because there's really nowhere except maybe the theater that you're going to see even a hundred people all in mm -hmm. one spot. It's just the way the sight lines are and all that. You just don't see crowds and throngs of people. So yeah, it's good. I don't know if we want to jump into the rooms. Do we want to talk sure. about food? Look, food on Norwegian, you've got Oceanian and Regent chefs. What, one of the big things that Frank Del Rio, and for those of you who don't know, Frank Del Rio is the one that started Regent Seven Seas, started Oceana, and he is probably one of the biggest foodies I've ever met. He's the one that brought this level of food to Cruise Line. So when he became the CEO and took over Norwegian Cruise Line as well, the first thing he did was he got his chefs from Oceana and Regent to basically go over to Norwegian and just go through everything. So the level of food became, even at the Lido deck level, even at the dining room, everything became a lot better Yeah, because that's just what he does. And he's just not going to be a part of, he's just not going to be a part of something that doesn't have good food. <laughs> you know what I mean? In a I have to agree. My, on my very first Norwegian sailing, what I, one of the first things I like to do is I have a couple of rules when it comes to experiencing the dining as soon as i get on board even if there's a crowd i go to the buffet and that night my first night on board i eat in the main dining room not one of the specialty restaurants because those i feel set the tone if they swing if you've got a hit or a miss based on what the crew the rest of the cruise is going to be like depending on what your dining and buffet experiences are like i have never seen my son yelp in such a strong way when he took one bite out of the butter chicken on the in the buffet on the encore i had known that norwegians indian food is next level across their ships so much so they even have tandoor ovens on the ships yeah. and they have uh, like a food truck area too though. yeah 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 on the yeah some i think they call it the indulged food hall yeah. on the pre Viva, yeah. which sort of segues into where I wanted to go next. The Prima class vessels do have buffets, 
but they're much smaller ones. Uh, and I think, I want to say they're on deck 15 or deck 16, not far from the go-kart track and the pool where the water slide empties into. But they have something a little lower down on the Ocean Boulevard called the Indulge Food Hall, which is exactly just what you said, Chris. It's a food truck style. And I think you order off of iPads or something like an iPads on the different tables. Yeah. Every video that I have seen, every review that I have seen about what the food hall experience is like has been almost entirely praiseworthy. It's that I good. When I ate there a couple of times because we wanted to try... There was a mm -hmm. lot of different things to try, and mm -hmm. I will say that the the Indian food was a popular stop. It was always very yeah. busy, and it was good. I'll say this, just like I'll say, was it super spicy Indian food? No, but... That flavorful. Goes, it was flavorful. Yeah, it was flavorful, yeah. but it wasn't like knock your yeah. socks off hot curry or something like that. Yeah. The food overall, I think, on especially with these new cruise lines who are building ships almost every year, releasing them. The food is just getting better and better. And uh, when I'm having conversations with people about cruising, I love cruising. I think it's the best way to travel. Their right. biggest concern is just getting bland food made in mass amounts. And to a certain extent, cruise ships, they make obviously a large amount of food. But when you see things like these food halls, these nice restaurants that are on board, they're putting more care and more effort into creating exceptional food experiences. I just think it's a trend. People love calling themselves foodies and people want to put good quality food in them. And that is part of travel, part of a vacation is eating. And we do see the cruise lines putting more effort, spending more money. I think I, I think it's going to be true to the Norwegian brand. They're probably the one brand cruise line that spends a lot on food, on the quality of food that they serve their guests. Yeah. I think cruisers, I think travelers now aren't really putting up with what they used to with cruising. Yeah. And here's the thing. My first contract on board cruise ships was, gosh, 1992. Three, I think. And I was on the, the Carnival Tropical. And the food then was a, was very good compared to as we got into the OOs, there became a, an essence on let's make cruising as cheap as possible to get people on board to mm -hmm. cruise. And because when I first started on even Carnival, it was for a seven day cruise, it was like a minimum of $1,200 It's 30 years ago. And then it just became, okay, let's get them on board. And then if they want a nice steak, they have to go to the steakhouse to get it. Not they'll get a good meal in the dining room, but they're not going to get that elevated dining that used to be available. So now I think what's happened is I think people are saying, you know what? If I'm going to come on board, I want to have great food. I want to have variety. I want to have all that because the, especially with all of the different cruise lines we have now, yeah. now that, you know, it used to be Royal Norwegian and Carnival. That was it. Then celebrity yeah. came around and then, but it was, or you would have to go very expensive. Well, princess too, of course. Yeah. The, getting those cruise dollars then was different. Cruising in the seventies cost more than cruising does now. Yeah. But, but I think that uh, cruisers now are becoming way, if you ever want to see how picky and how discerning, I guess would be the better word, our now travelers are, go on a cruise critic bulletin board <laughs> yeah. and see, and they will, 
you're better if we have your if you're going to advertise that you have amazing food it better be amazing and you better not have a bad day because right. you will be eviscerated and yeah, you think will. about social media now yeah you there you nailed it right literally there. on board going this is what i'm eating on this ship would be a good thing or a bad thing for the cruise line one thing i did want to ask about in, and i'm sure you both saw this on the prima they took they turned the concept of the main dining room on what's here when they created hudson's i'm looking at hudson's and it look and it has a wake view I've yeah. not seen a main dining room that typically has something other than the enormous portal windows on the side of the ship. But here you've got a beautiful view of the wake of the ship. And one thing that Norwegian did differently, at least they decided to, and it seems they backpedaled on it, was go with a concise, unchanging menu daily in their main dining rooms. They, it seems they sent backpedaled on that and now have gone to the rotating menu in the main dining rooms which tells me that they're listening to what customers want. Oh, yeah. I wasn't so sure how I felt about a fixed menu in the main dining room being the same thing every night. I appreciated the rotating, what is it, seven or nine day rotating menu that Norwegian had used in the past and has now seemed to have made its return. I think, yes, you're right. They're listening to their passengers. Being on board, there, there are times, so these restaurants, you most of the time have to make reservations. And there are times when you can't get in. And so if you can't get in and people are forced to go into the dining room, yeah, they expect to at least enjoy a variety of the menus that should be available. So I think that's why they brought that back. And I know a lot of people will appreciate it because I've been on board where people can't get into one of the restaurants and it, it literally ruins their night. It, it's something that they talk about for the rest of the night and they start yeah. talking amongst their friends and peers and whoever else is on board. And it is part of the experience. So I'm glad to see that they've brought that back. I think it makes sense to, to keep up with the positive experience on board. And the wake view, I think that is a lot of the new ships. And we experienced this on the edge class ships on celebrity. People enjoy just hanging out and, and watching the wake. And so they've been creating a lot of these social spaces where people just hang out. I know I hang out a lot. And yeah, that's a, I think, a trend that's happening on these cruise ships, on these new ships. Yeah. And so I think with that being said, we should talk about what we should talk a little bit about the cabins and the living areas. I will say that the cabins and suites that we saw on Prima, which are going to be very similar to what's on board the Viva, are were good, good size, not small, just you're at the, the regular level, for lack of a better word. They were good size. We were in a balcony cabin, and I'd say it was probably about 225 with the balcony, 225 square feet. Bathroom oh, with was the nice. Yeah, with the right. Yeah, it, it was nice. The inside cabins were pretty spacious. We looked at some of those. But the real gem on the Norwegian ships, especially the new ones, is going to be the Haven Suites. They are amazing. And the signature, the large suites, if you're the type of person that wants to travel on one of these ships and go into one of the named or one of the very, very large suites, you need to book that early. Those are almost always sold out. You might get a penthouse, you might get one of the smaller Haven Suites. But if you're looking for the two bedroom, especially the two bedroom family suite or the two the larger multiple bedroom suites, grab them. If we're if you're talking to us and we say there's one, 
there really is war and it probably because someone booked it and didn't put their deposit down or they pay for it quick enough and it became available and it will get snapped up i've seen them i've refreshed my screen and watched those larger rooms go go away i would do that they are amazing staying in the haven is now staying in the haven is almost like we were talking about a ship in a ship you're staying now you're in a room where you have you're in an area where you have your own pool your own when i say your own and you share it with the other haven people but um your own area there your own dining part you have special access to the shows you get priority dining it's definitely an elevated experience which combines the big glitzy cruise ship with the straight up luxury aspect. Those rooms are as nice as any other luxury room out there. You have butler service, the whole deal. And and what's the other thing that's nice, especially when you're paying the sort of money you'll pay to be in the Haven, is there's no through traffic through the Haven. If you're not in the Haven, then you can't go to the Haven. And you um, brought up a really good point there. The lack of through traffic, you have space to breathe. You have room that you can call your own. And it's not just in your, your own suite, but going to the Haven Lounge, going to the pool area. The Haven even has its own restaurant, I believe, and its, and its own bar area. And even a little bit of spa-like spa -like benefits. I think it has its own sauna, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So what you said, you're paying for that exclusivity. And you can never have too much space when you're on a ship. You just simply can't. The more you have, the better. Yeah, definitely. I'm just looking at the different ship, sorry, different Haven staterooms. A lot of them are aft facing. I think most of them are aft again. And that kind of touches on what we were just talking about. Everyone loves that wake view and it's uh, the views are stunning from the rooms. I know when we were on board and I'm comparing, I'm, I'm going to compare it to Royal Caribbean because I think that's important. A lot of people ask the difference. What's the difference between Royal and Norwegian? Royal Caribbean has phenomenal rooms. I would say they're more catering to the audience that likes to play, where this is more, I would say, like a more sophisticated hotel. And so I would just keep that in mind. Royal Caribbean does have suites as well, but Haven just feels very exclusive, just a total different experience and, and private. Yeah. And that's going to be what people enjoy. If we're in the Haven... They love flashing that. You watch people, they'll put the card right on the bar and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Haven. Yeah. And it's difficult. Like, you can't just go up there. You can't just, you can't. hey, can I go check out the Haven? Nope. There's a whole entry yeah. to get to that part of the I ship. I think you could kind of walk through on the royal ships, right? You could be in, kind of. Not. I'm not saying that you could run wild, but I just found that unless you have access to the Haven, you can't even enter that area. Like I've not, I've I always try to try to get footage and stuff when we're on there doing ship tours, and it always just seems impossible unless you have access, which and, is and good, I, which I think, I think people would appreciate. Yeah, and I think it's rightly so that they do it that way. If you're going to spend the money to stay in the Haven, you have, you have you're entitled to your privacy. You're entitled to that exclusivity, and the rest yeah. of the ship should not be allowed up there. Because it's only if it were that easy to get into, all of a sudden you'd find people sneaking their way into the infinity, into the Haven pool, into the Haven lounge, or into the Haven restaurant. Now, I'm sure they make exceptions for certain situations, like if you're doing a family celebration at the Haven dining room, they, I'm sure they may make some exceptions to allow non-Haven guests to, to join them for a meal 
in a situation like that. But by and large, it, it should be kept to the folks that have paid mm-hmm. for the privilege to be in the Haven. Yeah. And speaking of Haven and the new trending things on board ships these days, I think it'd be only right to touch on the spa wellness. Mm-hmm. Wellness has become a very, I would say, I don't know, topic and people want to be able to get away and heal or just refresh. And they're describing their spa experience on board as as new. I think they have new facilities within the, the whole wellness theme on board. The thermal suites, which I know you've been doing your research, Mark. I know you're, you love a good thermal suite. But I'm looking at it and it, they have a vitality pool, flotation mm-hmm salt pool, a relax- mm-hmm. relaxation area, steam room, and this, the decor, it just seems, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I judge my, my thermal suites based on how many options you have. If you're going to spend the mm-hmm. extra money because going into the thermal suite is not a part of your cruise experience. It is not included in the fare unless you're booking a spa balcony you are paying and in the norwegian's case it may be upwards of three or four hundred dollars for a week's worth of access to the thermal suite so if you're going to spend that kind of money for the exclusive access you're you want to be spending money for things that are going to be distinctly catered to the thaw spa the thermal the wellness experience. And one thing Norwegian does so well is they have several of these heated concrete loungers on the back end of their ship in their thermal mm-hmm. suites. Instead of just a fixed six of them or eight of them, and if one is free, you're lucky, they've got, I want to say, 12 to 15. At least that's what I saw on the Encore, and I'm guessing it'll be something comparable here on the Viva as well as in the Prima. But they also took what Norwegian did so well, the thalassotherapy, mineral vitality, pool and made it much larger, including a, you just touched on it, a flotation salt pool. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And it has a waterfall behind it. So that provides a little bit of white noise and soothing visual effect too, to help give you, put you in that Zen mind mindset, that sense of relaxation. And then the other things that come along with your typical thermal suite experience, your your steam room. I love steam rooms, an infrared sauna. I personally love to alternate between a steam room, the thalassotherapy pool, the heated concrete loungers, and the sauna. But they also put in an ice room. Those are give your body the jolt that it needs when you're doing something experiential like this. They even have a salt room, one of those Himalayan salt rooms where you can breathe the salt, ions of salt, the saline, have the saline air. It's therapeutic in its own right. They even added a charcoal sauna, which I guess takes the whole positive ion. And it's another way just to, to help promote some healing in the body. And then best of all, the experiential rain showers. Those are a lot of fun. Where you have the air mists, the different strengths of the water jetting down on you. So to me, being in the thermal suite takes the relaxation to an otherworldly level. And I greatly and dearly appreciate being on vessels that allow me to purchase this type of experience. Basically, it takes the beauty of being on the ocean and the the quality of the dining, the comfortness of the rooms, the changing scenery, because you're in a different country virtually every day. Now you have a chance to really relax, get away from all of the other crowds 
and allow the different facets of who you are as a person just to be nourished and fed. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so much to talk about for this ship. It has so many amazing things. We didn't even talk about the fact that it has a huge slide that's off the side of the, the yeah. ship drop, and you go down that. And there's there's lots to do. I can assure you, if you go on board this ship, you are not going to be bored on a sea day. I will tell you this, though, a little uh, pro tip. If you are on this ship and there's sea days and you're thinking, oh, I'll just wait for the sea day to make my go-kart reservation. Nope. Make sure you make all those reservations ahead. Make sure that you make your dining reservations ahead of time and all of that. And we, of course, at Goluxury Cruiser can help you take all the stress out of that and get that done. But if you have ready to get going, if everything that we sound and you sound good, there's really great options on the Prima, the Viva, and all of the Norwegian ships in the family. There's great stuff, great itineraries, and we can't wait to help you take advantage of them. The nice thing about these Prima class vessels is that they're stationed in the areas of the world where the where cruisers would want to be, Northern Europe or the Mediterranean during the summer months and in the Western and Eastern Caribbean during the winter months. One I believe is being is going to be stationed in Galveston, Texas. The other is going to be stationed in either Port Canaveral or Miami. And Norwegian likes to rotate their ships around a little bit. Just to touch on Chris's point, the Viva and the Prima are virtually identical. I'm guessing the Broadway show, I don't know if it has been released on the Viva yet. It'll be something unique. It's the Donna Summer, the musical on the Prima, which I hear is fantastic. Yes, it was. And good. and it was when I was on Encore. It was Kinky Boots as well as it was a Choir of Man. I think that's what it was called, which was outstanding. Yeah. No. So the whole Norwegians definitely elevating cruising, especially for families. I think this is a niche product that that kind of caters to the affluent family. So if you guys are listening and interested, have questions about booking cruising for your family yourself, give us a call 1-888-404-5531. You could also visit our website www.goluxurycruiser.com and we'll definitely be glad to help and assist you plan your next cruise vacation. It was a pleasure to have you Mark and Chris. Thank you guys for joining and talking about the amazing Norwegian Viva. I just got to jump in and say one thing. I was just, I reached out. I was just chatting with one of my friends in Norwegian's entertainment and it's going to be Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is the- Oh, wow. Musical. Oh, oh, that's going to be great. Uh, that's that, interesting. That's nice. going to be a great show. Yeah. Don't worry. It's not going to be a Phantom of the Opera or Menagerie. Yeah. It's a real, <laughs> it's gonna. That's a show. That's a hot show. That's yeah. cool. It's going to be it's going to be very cool. So I, I went over and I got into the Norwegian Entertainment website and I found it. They're not really advertising it, but it's very cool. And again, of course, just reach out to us so that we can help guide you in the right direction. Make the best purchase decision when it comes to your vacation. And if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to us. Leave a rating on your favorite platform and visit us again soon. Thank you guys for joining and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Go Luxury Cruiser podcast. If you found value in today's conversation, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on your favorite platform. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to stay updated on the latest news and trends in the cruise industry. 
And if you have any questions about cruising or would like to start planning your next adventure, please be sure to visit our website at www.goluxurycruiser.com for more information and travel inspiration. Explore. Discover. Go.